and welcome to This Endo Life, episode 11. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about bringing you guests who are battling chronic illnesses and mental health issues in their own unique ways and are changing the lives of others through their amazing work. I'm going to make the intro today um, kind of quick because I don't know if you can tell but I'm, yeah, I'm super ill um, and I have a workshop this weekend so I'm trying to save my voice. Uh, today I'm chatting with Paige Gibbons. Paige is the uterus from the Uterus and the Deuterus podcast and YouTube channel Fireside Chats. If you haven't heard Paige's podcast, she shares it with her best friend Nick and they essentially laugh their way through living with a chronic condition. Um, I interviewed Paige like a written Q&A last year. So if you want to find out more about the podcast specifically, um, you can go over to my website. Paige's journey has evolved and she now has a YouTube channel. I absolutely love it. It really resonates with me. Um, and I'll leave that to Paige to talk about more in her chat, in our chat. Um, and in this episode, we talk about her long battle with endo and chronic migraines and the link between those, um, her recent diagnosis, diagnosis with adrenal fatigue, relationships, how the universe slash God, kind of depending on what you believe, who you talk to, um, has changed her relationship with herself and the way she deals with her chronic conditions and a lot about our spiritual girl crush Gabby Bernstein who is just amazing um this interview gets really emotional and I think you can hear how much Paige really cares about the community and the work that she does um I think Paige is just absolutely remarkably strong um and resilient and inspirational um and yeah, I think that you will get a lot out of listening to her words of wisdom. Um, okay, so obviously we've had you on this Endo Life before, just in like written form. Um, mm -hmm. And we, within that, we talked a lot more about um, your journey to Endo and the podcast um, and how you deal with Endo. So I wanted to kind of like briefly recap on uh, your story with en story with endometriosis, but then. It'd be really interesting to hear the other conditions that you're dealing with. And I know you've been recently diagnosed with another one um, and just kind of like the whole thing that's been going on there because from like watching what's happening to you overseas, it's just been like crazy. And I know you've been going through a lot, but you've just been so strong and yeah, just like what what's happening? Thank you. Um, I, yeah, so I mean, I have a pretty typical endometriosis story. Wasn't believed by doctors in my teen years. Mm -hmm. Put on the birth control pill. You know, that didn't, that that would kind of help sometimes. And other times it wouldn't, I would have breakthrough periods, which would like land me in the emergency room. I had my appendix out when I was 19, which I know is very common for having endometriosis. Mm. Um, and then finally, 2012, I had three giant ovarian cysts and that Ooh. led them to diagnosing me um because I had given up on doctors my doctor told me I was crazy and she was a woman which was like double frustrating yeah and she literally was yeah she's like you're dramatic you're fine and my mom was like <gasps> oh like throws up oh. the emergency room that's normal like I don't know where this lady gets off and um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway 
So I had this like horrible pain. I was 23 and um, I had this just the worst pain ever and it was just worse than my regular period pain or breakthrough period pain because I was like continually on the pill. Mm -hmm. And so then when they, I finally found this OBGYN and she's still, she's like, Paige, I remember the day I met you like all those years ago. She's like, I've never seen someone in so much pain, but like walking around. Wow. And uh, so they operated on me and they were like, but it wasn't excision surgery, right? So I had the wrong surgery. They removed the three cysts. I almost lost my left ovary. And then after that, I didn't have any information about endo. So they didn't tell you anything. No. And I didn't Google anything. I was like, oh, that's over. Like, Same as me. Yeah. I didn't do anything for like years. Yeah. And so I, right. That's right. So I, um, just, you know, my migraines were really bad and I didn't know what to do. So I, I drank way more than I should. Um, (laughs) and I, you know, alcohol and Advil, like 10 Advil. And I just didn't know what to do. Like no one was like guiding me. and, And I just, I was really young and foolish and, um, and the pain just kept getting worse and worse. And my migraines were getting worse and worse. And I finally got diagnosed at the Stanford pain clinic with chronic migraine disorder, which means 15 or more migraines a month. And the meds I still can't have- believe that stat. That's like, I don't know. It's like really mind blowing. Like I can't imagine. I have like one migraine like every, like, I mean, literally six months now. And I just, I, th- that's horrible. And I just, yeah. It's in my, it's amazing that like you're talking to me. Actually, yeah, listeners, Paige has a migraine right now, and she's doing this. So I just think, yeah, I think it's amazing. I'm constantly in awe of you. So like, I'm just gonna keep being like, you're amazing, Paige. You're so sweet. I don't. I'm just in my eyes. I'm just surviving. Mm. Um, I mean, because I don't really know what else to do. I've honestly had the same migraine since 2011. Um, my pain has never gone down below a three. So some days I'll make a post like on Instagram. I'm like, my pain's like at a one. I call a one or a zero my three because I'm just, I've accepted that as normal. Like every day I tell myself, okay, your regular everyday life, you are in pain. So you have a mm. choice right now to get out of bed. You can accept that yeah. or you can be grumpy, fight it. And yeah. I accept it every day. This is my normal. Like I, I'm always at a three. Now, right now I'm not, I've been at a five. Right. Um, a while. What's um, what's a maximum? So, would this, is this on a one to ten scale? Um, recently added an eleven. I had okay. um, yeah, I had a horrible migraine. I, so I'm part of my, my problem is that I am drug resistant. So every single preventative right. medication for migraines, and I have two neurologists, and I've been to the standard pain clinic. Like I'm, I, I know what I'm talking about because people have questioned me, like, "Are you sure?" I'm like. Honey, I'm sure. <laughs> I was just telling me I'm sure. So I'm drug resistant to everything preventative. And I'm recently become drug resistant to everything abortive. The last thing that was working was an Imitrex injection at the hospital. And that about a month ago, let's see, I've been to urgent care. I've been almost every week right now, but um, I think this was a month ago caused me to alter. And I had like a reaction where I was in so much pain so I've passed out from pain from endometriosis, but never from a migraine. So I started to, I was like in and out of consciousness. I couldn't see, I couldn't talk. I was hyperventilating all my, you know, you're connected to that machine, um, started beeping, going off the charts. I think it was my blood pressure and like everyone's running wow. over to me. 
and I was hyperventilating, but I wasn't aware that I was hyperventilating. I just, I wasn't really aware. And there's parts, my mom's like, do you remember when the doctor said this? I'm like, no. So there are just parts where I wasn't mm. conscious. And then my whole body started going to sleep. So like, but I mean like falling asleep, I mean like pins and needles. And I have problems with like suddenly like my back will completely fall asleep. I don't know what that's about. Wow. So that was thing. And they said so they had to push a bunch of Benadryl and some other stuff that I honestly can't remember. And they were like, I hate, you know, they're always like, do we need to bump her to Stanford? It's just like so dramatic, right? Because I'm at this little <laughs> urgent care unit in Palo Alto, which is right near Stanford Hospital. And they're like, oh, do we need to bump her over to Stanford emergency room? And I hate the emergency room because it just reminds me of having my undiagnosed endo. Um, right. I've avoided it up until this past Sunday. I'd avoided it for years. Um, so that's my 11, which was really scary, honestly. Mm. I'm <laughs> So now we just, you know, I spent seven hours in the ER on Sunday. It's Wednesday right now. So on Sunday and they just, you know, they did the nerve box and they did the magnesium infusion and they even gave me morphine and I was like, ugh, like I hate narcotic drugs mm. and just nothing to touch it. And they were afraid to give me the Imatrex injection because they don't want me to. What is like, Imatrex? I don't know. Imatrex, so there's a type of migraine drug called a triptan drug, and that is your really go-to drug to kill a migraine. Now, triptan drugs, and Imatrex is a form of a triptan, right? Okay. It's like in that branch. Um, the um, generic name for it is sumatriptan. A lot of people take that. And I used to be able to take it in pill form. It's very dangerous. It slows down blood flow to your brain. There's something... Oh. It's a super crazy drug. And, and, yeah, and a lot of my doctors. Safe. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, so, a lot of doctors, I'm like, can you explain to me what this is? I'm a very curious person. They're like, we kind of can. And I'm like, wow, what? And you can't take it more than 10 times a month. Um, I used to take it more than 10 times a month back in wow. the day. And then it stopped working at all. So, it's, and even that, like, you might get a relief for a day or so. And by relief, I mean, like, my pain will go down to like a two, maybe. Okay. But I haven't. You know, I had in, since 2011, I've had, I think one or two times where they got my pain down to a true one mm -hmm. and I would start, oh, I'm trying to get emotional right now, sobbing because I don't want to know what a one feels like. Yeah. I don't want to know what that relief feels like because an hour or two later it's coming back and it's for years. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting thing that sometimes I don't, I'm like, that's enough drugs. We're out of three. I'm leaving. I've even left urgent care and they've had to call me and be like, Paige, you need to come back. We need one more vial of blood. Cause I will just leave unless mm -hmm. I'm up to an eye. Bad. I'm like, sometimes that's the worst patient. Um, because I just, I don't want to know. Don't tell me what it's like to be pain free because I can't have that. And I don't even want to know. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're protecting yourself. Yeah, and that might change because I'm probably going to have a very invasive migraine surgery in the next three to six weeks, um, okay. and we'll see. Maybe that will all change. Um, but it's but you know drastic times or dr you know call for drastic measures. So yeah, that's where I am. So oh, I've got so much to ask you. Um, <laughs> so the migraine surgery, what does that include? Like what I've never heard of that. What is that? Yeah. So I had never heard of it either until recently, but out of, you know, I'm like, I'm a very proactive person. I can't just sit. I must, even if I am like vomiting from pain, I'm like, well, I'm doing something about this. Um, mm. and I, I, I don't know if that's like an innate thing or what, um, cause I think it's weird that I'm this way. So I started researching 
um, alternatives because my, both my neurologists and everyone, you know, I, I was at the Stanford pain clinic too. They're like, we don't have any other options for you. I'm like, okay, well, that's not acceptable. Like I didn't mm. say that to them, but it, I'm like, we're not living like this. So I started doing research and I found about out about the surgeon, Dr. Edward Miranda, and he was trained by um, another surgeon back in the 90s who, the, they're plastic surgeons, and they started doing rhinoplasties and brow lifts, right, cosmetically, and people would call them and be like, listen, I don't know what you did, but I'm migraine-free for the first time in 10 years. Wow. And they were like, oh, that's nuts, and let's, I mean, I'm sure they're like, let's capitalize on this, hello. <laughs> uh, they perfected the surgery, and it's not for everybody. A lot of people can do drug therapy, and a lot of people don't have the um, physiological problem. So migraines, it's a neurological disorder, right? When you get a migraine, your head doesn't just hurt, your vision goes, you have trouble speaking, you vomit, your, mm -hmm. your my limbs on their own, I lose feeling in my limbs, I can't, I, um, I'll forget how, like where I am, like it's really scary. Um, it's a neurological disease. But what they're thinking and what more research is showing is that people can also be born with or develop extreme nerve compression. And what that looks like is like what what they what the it was the case for me is that so with my neck, those you have a giant muscle in your neck that holds up your head, right? Your and it's right there near the blood brain barrier and it's this right. giant muscle. And for most people you have the muscle and your nerves lay on top. Mm -hmm. But for people like me, my nerves are wrapped in with the muscle. So when I move my neck, whoa the are being pinched. And um, it's the same case for my face. We also think, and I'm actually, after this podcast, I'm going to meet, have a consultation with my second surgeon. They also think that my sinuses are messed up because a lot of my migraine pain comes from my sinuses. I've seen an ENT and I've taken like a bunch of antibiotics because they always think I have an infection in my face and I don't. Mm -hmm. And the ENT is always, well, you have a deviated septum, but that won't cause your migraines. But this surgeon, Dr. Edward Miranda, is like, yes, that can cause migraines if you have all these other factors. Right. Um, I was lucky because he's up in San Francisco. I live like maybe a 45 to hour drive outside of San Francisco. I'm like in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And so I, oh my gosh, that's like so lucky. So I had a consultation with him. He's like, oh, you're an ideal candidate. Um, so wow. we're pushing forward with this surgery because right now, you know, I, I'm 28 and I live at home. I barely work. Mm. Um, and I just spend a lot of time hanging out with my cat and my dog being in pain. And I, I'd really like to become a full-time advocate for people with chronic pain, you know, and I can't do that if I can't use a computer or see, yeah. <laughs> um, or I just live in the ER, you know, it's just no way to. <laughs> no. And okay, so that's coming up in a couple of weeks, hopefully. And hopefully. so they will, they will actually like go into what behind your skin or behind your muscles and like try to yeah. decompress the area. Yeah, it's a five hour surgery. They will cut through my eyelids, go into my forehead, sever muscles. Yeah, it's disgusting. I'm going to look like I was beaten with a bat afterwards. Like I've looked at recovery pictures and it's, disgusting like my eyes will be swollen shut my whole I mean it's funny because I'm getting a nose job out of this which I it's so funny <laughs> but it's so like funny is I've always not really liked my nose 
probably because I do have a deviated septum. And now I'm like, I was telling my mom, I was like, I think I've hated my nose because I've secretly known it's like the source of my pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to look slightly different. Like I'm going to have a different nose. And like, I told them like, please don't give me a brow lift. So they're going to try and do their best that I don't look different. I don't want to look like a plastic surgery. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I have nightmares. I look like a freak. Although plastic surgery now is really good. And this guy's like won awards. Like he's amazing. If you're a migraine sufferer, Google Dr. Edward Miranda in San Francisco. And he's like a miracle worker. Um, and he's done hundreds of these surgeries. So yeah, anyway, they're going to cut open the back of my neck. They're going to go through my temples and cut and remove nerves there, go through my eyelids and sever nerves. And then they're going to basically open my nose, rearrange my sinuses, then put my new nose back on. Jeez. So I'm going to be a little MIA. <laughs> okay. Okay. We know. So we're, we've been warned. But I mean, I think it's really brave that you're going in like that, like does sound like a lot to go through and scary. But I think like, like you said, like, you know, you're 28 and you want to be like living in a different way than you are. And yeah. like, this is, you know, that step that you need to take with that. Um. So, okay. So obviously yours is well it sounds like yours is related to like this compression but also i know that we've we chatted briefly before that migraines are really linked to endometriosis so what's the link there yeah and i will say this dr miranda told me he's like you won't be migraine free after the surgery like okay. pressure changes will stick me and my endometriosis hormones will still get me and we talked about this um so yes there's a huge link between endo and migraines they're best friends of all time, um, which is so <laughs> annoying. Um, so basically, as we know, endometriosis is closely related to hormones and, and so are migraines. So as our progesterone and estrogen levels change, it's that will trigger, trigger a migraine for a lot of people and not even just people with endometriosis. I mean, I have a lot of girlfriends and they're like, oh, my period is coming. I know I'll get a migraine. Right. Yeah. Um, for us endometriosis people, it can be more chronic. The migraines can because our hormones are just doing whatever the hell they want um, mm. is what it feels like. And I, I actually have a few migraine friends who recently I was, they were describing their periods and I was like, um, honey, that sounds like endometriosis. That is not normal. Like you shouldn't be hemorrhaging and vomiting. Like, no. hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, you know, I think sometimes when you're so distracted by one fire, it's hard to put out another. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm learning that over and over again with my body. My doctor's like, wait, you throw up like even not from pain just randomly. I'm like, yeah, isn't that normal? And they're like, no. But I'm like, oh, I didn't like notice because I have endometriosis and these migraines and I just don't, you know what I mean? I'm distracted. Right. By the pain. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, a lot of it comes down to hormones and stress and those can both trigger migraines. Another big problem is a lot of us have to take um, a narcotic medication to control pain. And narcotic medication can trigger a rebound migraine. So like for me, I had my period last week and I, I hate taking narcotics. They make me so anxious and just mm -hmm. I hate them with everything in my body. But my doctor's like, Paige, you're vomiting you're going to get dehydrated and like die. They didn't say die, but it's like, okay, I know I need to do something about this. So I had to take mm. some narcotics. And I think that's part of the reason I was in, you know, urgent care in the ER three times in a row is that my, the rebound migraine mixed with my normal migraines 
you know, I just couldn't even see. Like I literally couldn't see from the right. pain. So yeah, yeah. that's the problem is that the side effects from the medication we have to take can also give us migraines. The hormonal birth control, anything, you know, pill, Nuvarine, patch, injection can also cause migraines. So I was on the birth control pill for about 10 years trying to control my endometriosis, um, you know, before I joined the endo community, right? I didn't join the endo community until summer in 2015. And that's when I really was like, oh, I get it. Like mm. I get it. Before that, I did not. And so, um, I, and I was on the birth control pill, right? Which is just a bandaid. And yeah. the migraines, I mean, number one, I was having breakthrough periods. And number two, the migraines were so bad. So I went off the pill, um, because of the migraines. I was like, I have to face my endo head on because I, I had no life. Mm. Um, you know, and still barely do, but honestly, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, you, 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 I think sometimes when you have these chronic illnesses, you have to become a detective. Like we all need to be Nancy Drew and it's like, okay, we have, we pull this one thing out. Okay. I'm still in pain. What's the next thing? And you literally have to be a detective and, work with your doctors or if you're like me, you know, sometimes like I told my doctor yesterday, we're ordering a, a sinus CT, like just we're doing this. <laughs> like what's doctor, a sinus CT? Uh, it's a CT of your sinuses. Um, cause I want to get a better look at oh, what's going on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. The example I'm using is just like, sometimes you need to tell your doctors, yes. like you just, and I used to oh not God, do that. Yes. So like almost codependent with my doctors, like I don't want to rock the boat. I trust what they say, and now I'm like, no, this is what we're doing. Good, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, because they're like, wow, you're so assertive. Like this is exciting, and I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah, it's exciting. Like we're gonna figure this out, and then everything's gonna get better, you know. So, so it's the hormones that are affecting, like the, the um migraines. Is yeah. there? Okay, other than obviously you, you're having surgery and there are drugs that yeah. people can take which you're resistant to, are there any other ways of managing these migraines if they're endo-related? Like, is there anything that people can do to help maybe stabilize their hormones? or any? I mean, you might not know the answer to this because I know that nothing has really worked for you. Um. So I, yeah, so stabilizing your hormones. That's a really hard one. So I think that if you are having chronic migraines, getting off of synthetic birth control, which is terrifying, mm -hmm. um, is one thing you can do. You can go see a hormone specialist. I recently learned Ooh. about this and I think that maybe after my surgery, I might consider this. Yeah. I heard about this on the podcast. Um, I think it's called the girl gang or girl gang okay. or something a friend sent it to me all about hormones. Um, and so there are some hormone doctors out there who specialize in this um, and can help you manage your hormones. Um, there's also with migraines and endometriosis, as we know, a lot that you can do for diet. Mm -hmm. um, so like for me, there's a lot of foods I stay away from because I know they give me a migraine or an endo flare. Yeah. And so I, you know, you're probably if listening to this being like, are you serious? Like I have to restrict more foods. Like I already have endo and I'm like, yes, yes, you do. What a fun life. Um, but yeah, there are foods that you can cut out. Um, what ones yeah. do you cut out? Because some people, I think there's a lot of women who might have heard about the endo diet, but it sounds really scary. Or there are people who are just like, what is this endo diet? You know, so what... Yeah. What do you cut out in particular and what is recommended for the endo diet? Yeah, so for the endo diet, 
Um, the first thing I will say is that everyone is different. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be personal trial and error. And, you know, you might do the endo diet and find no change. And you might do the endo diet. You might feel great. You might need to not need to do the full endo diet. So the main endo diet is no sugar, no fake sugar, cutting back on red meat, no gluten, no dairy, no highly processed foods, no soy. I think I should have maybe pulled that up. I can't, I, that that's the best I know it. And for me, like I can have some gluten and I'm okay. I don't touch sugar or fake sugar with like a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Do you eat fruit both. then? So you don't eat fruit. So fruit is fine. Sorry. I mean processed sugar. Right, so I okay. can have honey yeah. and I can have fruit. Um, but I don't even do fake sugar. So like a yeah. diet coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into hell, yeah. And for me, I can have some gluten. I don't do dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, or I try not to. I I honestly have slipped up recently and I paid for it. <laughs> um, but sometimes it's hard, right? You just like want that piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> um, I try not to do any processed foods. Um, those are kind of the main things. Yeah. And I think, like you said, everyone's different. So if people want more information on the endo diet, um, there's a nutrition section on my site. And Jessica Manan has brilliant advice on the endo diet on her website, which is it's jessicamanan.com now, isn't it? It's not one part, one part plant anymore. Um, and is there any – do you have any, like, resources on that or anything that you I, go to? I, mean, I- I shoot people Jessica Moran's way, to be honest, because I think she just tackles it so well. She and does. I think she's so hilarious. Um, I'm excited because she's um, – my podcast is actually on hiatus right now due to my health. And um, my mm. co-host, Nick, is his band is on tour. Oh, that's cool. In Europe. Yeah, it's so cool. Actually, well, maybe they're still in America right now, but they're up in, like, Oregon and they're going to the UK. I'm so excited for him. Wow. So we're not launching again until – January 2018 but okay. Jessica is one of our first guests and um that's I'm awesome so, so funny like oh my gosh so if you go to um uterusduterus.com and slash uh, slash resources you'll also get to Jessica Murnane I just were or we're not I'm always saying her last name wrong and oh I my god so- I yeah I probably it's probably me I've probably said it wrong I probably said it like <laughs> Richard right. way or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> with my A's um okay cool so um I also wanted to talk about adrenal fatigue because you've recently been diagnosed. Do you get diagnosed with it? Is that like the right way to say it? Yeah, you experience it. You get diagnosed. Um, I use the word diagnosed because we thought I had like a chronic. Well, for a couple weeks there, we thought I had a chronic adrenal problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we think it's like using medication. We're resolving it. It's a little hard to Oh, yeah, it's interesting. I was going to say, like, for people who don't know what adrenal fatigue is, like, yeah, what is it and how comes, like, you have it? Is that something to do with what you've been going through? Yeah, so there's a couple reasons we think I had it. So basically what adrenal fatigue is, and honestly, I don't fully get it. Okay. Basically, um, the way my doctor first said it to me, she was like, your adrenals have pooped out. And I was like, what? <laughs> but they basically kind of have stopped doing their job. And your adrenals help with like processing hormones and other um, 
things in your body that like give you energy and make you feel like you can function. Um, right. Yeah. I should have a better answer than that. But honestly, like I've had so many medical things going on that I haven't taken the full time to research adrenals. And also I'm having so much trouble on and off for about two months now looking at screens. No, no worries. Screens. So, um, but how it happened to me is that I woke up one morning and I could barely get out of bed. And I was so grumpy, like anyone talking to me, I wanted to punch them in their face, like my own mother, (laughs) which I do, obviously. I more was like, mommy, what's happening? Um, And I was extremely nauseous. I was throwing up everywhere. And it felt like I was experiencing the world through like a really thick haze. Wow. Um, The way I explained it to my doctors, because we have, you know, I'm in California, marijuana is legal here. I was like, it felt like I ate a bunch of edibles by accident, but like, I don't even do that. (laughs) Secretly ingest a ton of marijuana. Like that was literally (gasps) because I do, you know, I have my medical card and all my doctors know I use medical marijuana um, to treat my pain. It was actually their idea because um, I'm drug resistant. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. So you feel like you're in this horrible haze. You're vomiting. Like I would taking a shower, I would cry because It hurt my body. I would be throwing up. It was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Um, And so I went to the doctor and she had a couple reasons why I think I suddenly had adrenal fatigue. She thinks it had been building in me for months. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of it is that I have, you know, endometriosis is an autoimmune disorder. But to be perfectly transparent, I've been transparent about this on my Instagram I was in an emotionally abusive relationship for a year Mm -hmm. and then I ended that relationship in July and um, I felt really good. Like as soon as I ended the relationship, I was like high on life and my pain was so low. Like I went to like music in the park with my best friend and like drank wine and like took the train. Uh Like this girl, right? I was like, oh my God, I'm cured. Like I didn't really think that. <laughs> yeah. And then everything came crashing down. And she thinks that being in the abusive situation and then getting out and then having an autoimmune disease um, right. just caused my body to go into shock. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, that, yeah, no, that actually makes sense. Last winter, I read The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. Yay. And that changed your life. Right? I'm like obsessed. I know you are too. It's She's, like, oh, do you know what? I missed the tickets to her gig in the oh, UK really? and I was gutted she will be back and you when the time is right you'll see her that's the thing yeah yeah like honestly true. I have so I read that book and then I didn't stop reading and I kept reading books and I started to fall in love with myself and I was like oh my gosh Paige like just got you handle a lot and like you're kind of being awesome at first I was like oh my god I'm being so cocky and I I just, but I'm like, I'm, and then I realized like, I bet I only think I'm cocky because I'm a woman. Like, uh, yeah. this is bull- yes. you know, like, so I'm, so I started having all these epiphanies and then, um, I feel fearless now. Like I literally like love myself so much and I feel like I can do anything. I love so that. I'm like in a way thankful I had to go through that, but I'm just like, no, I, I can do anything and, and you can do anything and we can do anything. Being sick does not mean that we are weak or we are pathetic or anything. We are actually the strongest people I know. Yes. Be- community of chronic illness people. You guys are the strongest people I have ever met in my life. 
I mean, I cannot express that enough. I mean, we get up every day and like go to war, mm-hmm. like with our bodies. It's yeah. just insane things we do. And so now I'm just like, no, I'm a strong ass bitch, not a weak ass bitch, you know? <laughs> yes, 100%. So the fireside chats are focused more on your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, which obviously is linked to a lot of what Gabby Bernstein talks about in her book and all of her books. Yeah. So is that is that what started this? Because I know that I feel like when we spoke, when when I interviewed, was it last year that I interviewed you before you read? Yeah. It was a long a time ago. ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So was that before you read this book? Yeah. Right, because I didn't, because that was, I wasn't aware at least of this side of you at that point. And then in the past few months, this more, I don't know what the word is, like mindful, spiritual, zen, like, you know, side has has come out through your work. And your fireside chats to me seem, you know, that they feel like they're a different kind of, uh what's the word I'm looking for here they're just they're just it's a bit different from your podcast you know your podcast is a lot more conversational it's a lot more humorous and just kind of talking about the the realities of living with a shit disease but the fireside chats are I mean yeah they're just you know you're covering mindfulness exercise um like a lot more of a holistic approach has that come from in the beginning reading the book or was that always part of how you dealt with endo and your conditions it was honestly always how i dealt with it i mm-hmm. it's gotten a lot stronger in the past year but you know back in you know, spring of 2016 so before i had the podcast i wanted to do a youtube series talking about living with endometriosis this one i was completely unknown in the endo world mm-hmm. i want to a YouTube video channel about talking about endometriosis. And I wanted to talk about the emotional ramifications of it. Like that's where I started, but I was like an infant in my journey. And Nick actually one day, you know, he and I've been like really good friends since I was like five, like we just go way back. So he knows all about, you know, I compl- I, I openly complained to him about my endo and like, Oh yeah, dude, I'm like hemorrhaging. Like we're just like <laughs> together, which is great. I love it. Like his friendship to me is is so precious. Mm. So he was hanging out one day and he was like, dude, and I was like, dude, I really want to do like a YouTube channel about all this stuff. But like, I just don't have the spoons. Like I literally can't do it. And he's like, dude, I have all the equipment. I have a freaking studio. Let's make a podcast, but like, let's make it funny because like, that's, he's like, that's where your personality like really comes through. And I'm like, mm. oh shit. Okay. And like, we really thought, we did not think like it would be known like we really thought it would fizzle out and we were just going to do this for fun like we're really surprised that like people are like oh we can't wait for season three and I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe people just want to listen to Nick and I talk about blood like this is awesome (laughs) so really I think it became more humorous because Nick and I are like our like we love humor that's like our thing and we're really nasty together and we've been that way like we grew up in church together we were getting in trouble in church (laughs) at the time like you can imagine right I can't imagine you guys in church (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it's great because, you know, I'm now, you know, Nick is still a Christian and I'm not, right? Mm-hmm. But we're still share all the spiritual stuff. It's great. So, um, so I really 
but that that drive and especially after this past year to offer this like resource that's more spiritual and mindful just kept growing in me because half of being sick is in your head not saying the illness is in your head but the suffering and the struggle yeah like the secondary pain and stuff they talk about in mindfulness yeah and so i really wanted to address that um and so i started doing my fireside chats um and so unfortunately i don't have one coming out um this week because I can't look at a screen to edit. Um, but you know, I'm trying to keep them consistently coming. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that we, we work on that emotional side Mm -hmm. because it's really easy to slip away. I used to be really depressed and like really sad about my illness and feeling like this isolated failure. I mean, when I discovered the endo sister community in, um, late July, 2015, I cried for days out of like relief because mm-hmm. I said alone and like I can barely even talk about it now without getting emotional because I was so alone. Like I was just so alone and I went online yeah. and there's these people suffering like me and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever discovered in my life. Like it was like drugs to me being in this community and that's why I'm like, I want to do everything yeah. in my power for this community because you guys are the, and and I mean endo and migraine people and even other chronic pain people. I'm just friends with other chronic pain people on Instagram now. We're just fighting every day and it's Mm. the most, I have never met people like this before. It's so inspiring. I mean, when I shared about my breakup on Instagram, the love I received was amazing. I mean, the messages, like you sent me a message and I was like like bawling like, oh my God, we are some (laughs) powerful ass people. Yeah, so. I, I think like Instagram gets like a lot of stick, but for the chronic pain, chronic illness world, it's been a like, it's just a lifeline. I'm meeting some of the best friends of my life, you know, like on Instagram. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously fireside chats, like you are focusing more on this emotional side. And you mentioned just now that, you know, you were really alone and you were really depressed. So what has... I know that you're a big fan of mindfulness and um, you've been working to change your mindset and then you've also got all of these books that you've read. What has this like done for you? What has this like process been like? Did it start, like where did it start and how has it evolved? So the process actually started for me um, in 2015 Um I knew about the endo community, but I was like an infant in it, like just reaching out to people um, and people and I had never like, so I was like a baby in it and a baby in understanding my illness. And I am like a big fan of this makeup artist on YouTube. This is going to sound so ridiculous. (laughs) Carly Bible. Okay. Like I love makeup tutorials. Our fashion sense is not the same at all, but I just, I don't know. She's very genuine to me. People might, I'm weird guys. I have the most eclectic taste. I love her. I think she's amazing. She's like this famous YouTuber and Instagrammer, but like, like, um, but like a champion of women's education in developing countries. Like she's awesome. Mm. Anyway. So she shared in one of her like September favorites video or something, she's like talking about concealer. And then she talked about this book, the untethered soul and how it like changed her life. And I was like feeling really, um, depressed. I was in school. I was on disability. I didn't have a lot of friends at school. Um, this is in college. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I just, I don't know, I didn't get along with people very well and I was feeling really isolated. And so I read this book and it was all about like watching your consciousness. It was the, it was the intro to mindfulness basically. And I talk about this book on my YouTube channel. And from there, I just kept reading. Um, I read like all of Brene Brown's work. Um, I I haven't read her new book though, but I've read all of her old books. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kept reading all these books on self-development and slowly realized that I could do a couple things. One, I could be mindful. So I didn't have to react to everything. I could step back and watch myself react and learn from that. And that was huge. Yeah. Um, I also read, actually, this was a year before. So this is 2014. I read the book um, Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. And she's the head of the social psychology department at Stanford Mm. University. And I read her book, Mindset, actually in 2014. Sorry, I'm getting too ahead of myself. I read that book in 2014. (laughs) That kicked everything off for me. That's when I decided that um, even though I had this chronic pain I didn't understand, I was going to go back to college. Right. And um, in college, actually, I got an internship in the psychology department at Stanford University. And I was like, wow, this is, yeah, the universe had my back long before I knew what the universe was. Right. Incredible. And, um, and I've actually got to meet her a couple times and totally like, it was like, I was meeting Beyonce. I made a fool of myself <laughs> um, and, and one day to meet Beyonce, by the way, universe putting that out there. Um, and then, right. And so then I, but I was still struggling and I didn't understand my disease. And then I read all these books. So it's been a slow burn for me, mm. but the biggest, and I keep learning, right. I keep trying to educate myself. I'm reading some of Jack Corn. Cornfield's work now, I'm said Cornflower, Jack Cornfield, he studies the psychology of Buddhism, um, really beautiful work. I'm reading that right now. Um, and my biggest takeaways are, you know, mindfully watch your emotions, mindfully watch yourself feel depressed, mindfully watch yourself feel anxious in the doctor's mm. office, but watch yourself have these reactions and then be a friend to yourself. I had to stop all negative self-talk, which I realized I was addicted to. Right. We're addicted to feeding that part of our ego because it is safer to bully ourselves than to risk being bullied or to be vulnerable and yes. actually love ourselves. I struggled yeah. with that for over, well, for years, but then which I was aware for over a year. And it is so powerful to be the strongest, most positive voice in your life in your own head. Mm. So any, like literally, I'm, you know, in the ER. And I literally can't open my eyes because I'm in so much pain. I'm hallucinating slightly on the medication and I'm mindfully hallucinating. I kid you not. I'm like, Paige, wow. you are seeing this because you are hallucinating, because you are on too much Benadryl, <laughs> because you are in the ER and that's okay. And you're doing the best you can and you're doing a great job. And and so like literally I talk to myself in my head or I will literally ask myself, how are you doing today? last night was really hard. We slept for three hours and it was really painful. How are we going to manage today and not beat ourselves up? Mm. So at first I was like, I'm a crazy person, but I was like, I don't care if I'm a crazy person because I feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, biggest takeaways. And I'm, and I talk about these books a lot on my YouTube channels because I think they're just so powerful. Mm. Um, it just reading other people's stories is so powerful. And I want people to read my story or hear it, whatever, and be like, okay, time to make some changes. Cause that's how I got to my place is people sharing. Yeah. And I want, I want to geek out for a minute about the universe has your back. So to some people that's going to sound totally hippie. So you mentioned that you're not a Christian now. Yeah. What have you got a relationship with the universe and is that helping you manage your life with endo? Yeah. So I, I grew up Christian and, um, kind of 
I broke away. It's this is so interesting. So I broke away, I guess, not from my faith, but from the Bible and the church. Like I just, I just found as a feminist, it was just really hard for me. And, and I just want to put it out there. I think Christianity for a lot of people is awesome. I fully mm -hmm. like so my family are Christians and I think that's awesome. Like, I just think that not one size fits all. So I'm in yeah. no way bashing it. Um, it just didn't fit for me, mm -hmm. but that spiritual nature never left me. So I've been kind of on this quest and actually my co-host of my podcast, Nick and I have spent hours talking about faith because mm. I've just been on this quest for years. I mean, he and I will just talk for hours and, 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 you know, he'll suggest this book and I'll suggest that book and, you know, just really trying to, to navigate this spiritual landscape. And when I read the universe has your back, everything clicked. And I was yeah. like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Mm. And for me, I have a very spiritual universe relationship. I meditate every day. I pray to the universe. I'm very into manifestation. I trust the universe with so much and the universe shows up and it's, and it's this beautiful loving thing that I felt like as a kid, I feel like, you know, when I was a kid, I felt like I really powerful relationship with God. And I feel like I have that relationship back only I call it the universe. And in certain company, I will call it God. I think there, yeah. it's, it's a word, right? It's, mm. it's, it's like to quote death cab for cutie. It's different names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. Here, you know? <laughs> I was a teenager <laughs> in the early 2000s. But, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, and I just find that to be very powerful. Yeah. Um, that spiritual connection. Um, and I, I think Gabrielle Bernstein is just, she's so vulnerable, right? She's, mm. um, she used to be addicted to, I think it was cocaine and alcohol. And yeah, she, I think so. Yeah. 12 years or maybe she's 13 years now clean. And her story is so powerful and her vulnerability and it's accessible. Like I feel like sometimes we think like to be spiritual, like you can't want a Kate Spade bag and highlight your hair, but like I do both and yeah. I'm very university, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Gabby really breaks down those, like those walls and yeah, it just makes you feel like it's a lot more normal and it's not like really hippie and out there. Yeah, totally. Okay. So one, <laughs> this is so random, but I literally <laughs> saw this on your, like you mentioned it very briefly and I was like, oh, I need to talk about this. Hormonal yeah. acne. Like, yeah. Oh, it's like. It's pain of my fucking life because it makes me feel really insecure and yes. so I just and it's so hard to cover up without it looking like you've covered it up so like how what kind of tips like how have you been dealing with it because I know you're saying that you've got acne scars but now like the acne is a bit more under control yeah which is a miracle because it's been years and for me the large like cystic hormonal acne could trigger a migraine like if I what? bumped my head yes and like because my because I was just like you know I don't like I was like I give up on trying to do my skin whatever and my neurologist was like Paige like are you kidding me we got to do something about this like my neurologist so funny and I'm also a big mm. fan of like beauty routines on YouTube I watch a lot of that because it like is soothing to me I don't know it's like a form of like meditation <laughs> I don't know I'm like I feel like when I'm trapped in bed sick, I like watching makeup tutorials and like right, um, yeah, yeah. where people remodel their houses because it's like things are getting accomplished even if I'm in bed. I don't know. So, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's satisfying I, to watch. 
so I did a couple things for my acne because I had had it for years. The biggest thing I did is I use a prescription acne cream, mm -hmm. but in my mm -hmm. experience, that's not enough. So okay. I use a prescription acne cream that I got from my dermatologist. Here's what I'll say. It took four months for it to work. You have okay. to use it four months and it will cause your skin to get extremely dry. So I do a couple things. I do, there is this mask called Aztec secret clay mask that you can order on Amazon. I'm sure you can get it in the UK as well. Fingers crossed. Like $8 and I, and it's a powder and I mix that with apple cider vinegar and I use it on my face twice a week and your face will like pulsate. It is so weird, but it works really well. So I use that mm -hmm. I, with the prescription acne cream. I used a lot of hydrating face masks, which I know seems counterproductive but what I've yeah. learned is our face if we deny it moisture too much it's it will gonna over make it. oil. yeah yeah so I wash the face with an oil cleanser sometimes I use coconut oil sometimes I use a Burt's Bees oil cleanser mm -hmm. I do face mask twice a week I do a lot of hydrating face masks as well like the Korean sheet masks I'm obsessed with um for putting moisture back into my face um the other thing I do, and this is like, I told my dermatologist to do this and she was like, don't do this, but I don't know what really helps me. So this with a giant grain of salt. I ordered, and I only do this when I don't have like giant acne. So you have to wait for your acne to get a bit better. This is more for scarring and I'll use this on small pimples, but it is this little, I got off Amazon, like roller with tiny needles in it. It's called needling or derma needling or something like okay. that. You can get it done in a spa, but like hell, I'm going to pay for a spa. So I ordered from Amazon and you, you cleanse your face really well. You sterilize this little needle roller with rubbing alcohol and you rub it on your face and your face turns red and it kind of hurts. And then, you know, and then I wait and I put the acne cream on and I do that once a week or once every other week. And that helps a lot. I think because you're making tiny holes in your skin and then putting the acne cream on and it goes like, and this is the prescription went like deep in. Right. I Right suggest anything drying or oil free that's just for me and again everyone's skin is different this is what's worked for me um I also barely wear makeup and I try not to touch my face and I don't really go anywhere like I haven't put on a pair of jeans in like two months you know like I live in my lululemons and whatever t-shirt is on the floor if I put on a sports bra the world is lucky I mean because I'm just <laughs> so much the time to be honest and, you like, want to be barely... comfortable yeah and I've also just, like, I'm like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, you guys will mm. if I don't look great. Um, so that's me right now. I'm very sexy. Um, that's like another relief. It's like being out of a relationship. It's like, who fucking cares how I look? I can dress for me, which is like homeless chic, you know? <laughs> oh, um, do you know what? I Yeah, I'm at that point in my relationship. I am in the relationship. So, like, I've got, yeah, I've got some serious acne on my nose at the moment and like I feel like oh, shit should I wear concealer to bed but it's like right no yeah. you shouldn't no you shouldn't. <laughs> um so that's what I do for my acne and I'm planning on maybe doing a video for it if yes want. please do yes. okay I'll, I'll, I'll like show you guys actually what I use and everyone's yes. different right because I'm sure for some people like using an oil cleanser is death 
And I thought it was death for me when I started using it. I noticed a big difference. But honestly, your biggest tool is go to your dermatologist and get a prescription acne cream because when it's hormonal acne, that's what you need. Getting your hormones in check will also help. Like mm. being on the birth control pill helps my skin a bit, but the migraines are so bad and you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I will make a video of that. Okay, cool. Maybe after my surgery. I'll yeah, 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 yeah. Look different. I'm nervous, but we'll see. <laughs> No, you're like, don't worry. I'm sure that they sound like they're the expert. So I feel like they you're in good hands. Fun, you know? It's like, that's just a, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So to round up, um, I just wanted to ask for like, you know, one or two tips for people who don't, haven't started with anything like mindfulness or meditation or kind of like, you know, more holistic treatment for dealing with um chronic conditions so can you give like one or two tips for getting started with that in a really like easy accessible way yeah um I would have a let's see there's a couple tools that I would recommend one would be to download the app called headspace or the app yes. called calm especially headspace they it's 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 perfect if you've never meditated or you don't know what mindfulness is at all because mm. they have a little cartoon who walks you through it and teaches you all about it. And then they do guided meditations for you. And it's so easy. And it's like three minutes. Like you're not starting off like an hour. Yeah. Um, so three minutes. And that's great. I think reading the book, The Untethered Soul, is a great starting point. I haven't for read anything. that. It is so good. Um, the Untethered Soul is a great tool. And honestly – I follow a lot of people on Instagram who are all about mindfulness. One of my favorite is Mindful Migraine. And I know that's not endo, that's a migraine thing. Mindful Migraine, um, she's become a really good friend of mine, actually, um, from me, from us stalking each other. <laughs> and um, she just posts stuff every day with like little mindfulness lessons. And mm. I just love it. Um, I also post a lot about mindfulness on my Instagram. Um, and, and I'm just saying that because I think it's good to immerse yourself in the culture. Like the more it accidentally pops up in your daily. Yeah. So I say read books, download apps and follow people on Instagram. Cause then you're just going to see it in your feed. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. You, Cause you can forget, like you can just forget to be mindful. So you see it when you're like mindlessly scrolling through Instagram. That's really helpful. <laughs> Yeah. And you know what? I used to put reminders in my phone. Like I used to have a reminder that would go off in my phone three times a day that said, don't judge yourself. And I'd be nice. like, oh, oh God. Oh shit. Oh my God. I'm judging myself. Don't judge. <laughs> so you can do that too. Like be mindful. And then like a, a cool emoji, you know, like yeah. make Smiley it. Face. Yeah, exactly. Like make it fun for yourself. Um, yeah. Cool. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, um, you. It's been so nice to have you on and um, yeah, just so interesting to hear like your words of wisdom and I just think you're so brave and you're teaching us all so much um, and yeah, just thank you for doing everything you do and putting that out into the world. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please rate, review and or subscribe. It will help other chronic illness warriors find the podcast. If you want to say hi to me, I'm on Instagram at this underscore endolife. I'm on Twitter at this underscore endolife with capital T, E and L. And I'm on Facebook at this endolife.com. You can also head over to my website. Uh, that's where I talk about living with endo, tips on living with endo, nutrition, recipes, interviews. Yeah, lots of things like that. Um, 
And if you are coming on Sunday to the Endo Brunch, um, I am emailing you, well, today, once this is aired. Um, so keep your eye out for that. And I'm looking forward to meeting you then. Um, and yeah, I'm going to head off because I can hear my voice deteriorating and I'm trying to not sneeze. So I hope you all have a lovely week. I hope you enjoy the episode and I will see you in two weeks time. Thank you.